to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Verse 15. Just verse 15. The sermon title today is the triumphant mouth of God. The triumphant mouth of God. Now remember, when God gives you, he gives you what he has. He gives you for himself. Let's read it again. For I myself will give you a mouth and such utterance and wisdom that all your foes combined will be unable to stand or refute. He says, I'll give you a mouth. He says, I will give you a mouth. Now, I want you to understand the different kind of mouths that are talked about in the Bible. We've got what is called the lips of men. These are words that are backed by a man's ability to fulfill it. So if somebody is functioning in the lips of men, it is them to back up what they're talking about. So if somebody says, I will give you this, then you are trusting their integrity to fulfill what they will do. Not just their integrity, perhaps you are trusting their strength. You are also trusting their good luck because sometimes maybe they just weren't so lucky. That's why they were not able to do what they wanted to do or their strength failed. Now, God separates himself from the lips of men. In Numbers chapter number 23, verse 19, the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, will he not do? Or has he spoken, will he not make it good? Meaning the separation of God and man is the ability of God to fulfill what he has said. So there is what is called the lips of men. Sometimes the lips of men can function in such a way that they are just that people are just parroting. Do you know what to parrot is? To parrot is when you're just imitating. So I'll give you an example. It's one thing to say by the mouth of God, I scatter all those enemies. It's another thing to just copy what I've said. Parroting. Like when a parrot is able to repeat what you're saying, it doesn't mean it particularly understands what you're talking about. It's just able to repeat, which is where now the ministry of understanding comes in because understanding separates a declarer from a parrot. Meaning we can all say the same words, but then there's what is called parroting. And in the scriptures, parroting is shown as those people whose words are empty. They're not coming out of the belly of something. They're empty. As a matter of fact, Jesus said it in Matthew 15, verse 7 to 8. He said, hypocrites. Now, the word hypocrites simply means actors. Meaning, lights, camera, action. I'm now spiritual. The accent even changes to your spiritual accent. You know, some people have a spiritual accent. There was one time I was in shock. That day I was shocked. I was with a certain gentleman. We went for a prayer meeting. And we were just talking properly. And I didn't know he was about to go lead prayers. So I didn't know. So we're just talking properly and they're like, ah. the guy went to the front. Didn't his accent become Nigerian? <laughs> so now we are going to... 
So does it mean like when you're home, you'll be talking to your parents, hi guys, this is then from nowhere. So now we are going to do this thing. Because uh, that, then it means that there's a chance that you're pirating. <laughs> because for you being spiritual, is a Nigerian accent. There are others, have you heard when they're praying, how their accent becomes uh, American? It's my God, my father. <laughs> but in real life, that's not how you talk. Now, Jesus says, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy saying, uh-huh, these people draw near to me with their mouth or their lips and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away. So there are some people whose heart and lips, are, there is a disconnect between one's words and one's heart. For example, a number of people who say, I'm just waiting for a payment. I'll clear you. You even know that there's a total disconnect between what they are saying and what they really want to do. Most of them don't clear you. <laughs> I, I fear... <laughs> the way I hate those words. I'm just waiting for something. I'll clear you. That one doesn't usually come, does it? <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe I just made the wrong people. <laughs> Say the word clear. Pay, usually it comes. How clear you? Even though this guy is a dealer. <laughs> Guys, what am I doing? It's just like a deal I'm doing. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, there is where men in their own ability are not able to fulfill something. But there is also where men are disconnected. Like what their hearts and lips are saying are absolutely different. So those are lips of men. We also have what we call the fraud mouth. F-R-O-W-A-R-D. I'm talking about the mouth of God, but at first I wanted to separate from some of the mouths that we see described in the Bible. So there is the lips of men, which sometimes, it's not that the person has got bad intentions, they're just not able to fulfill it because of their own strength. And then sometimes they're also just disconnected from what they are saying. So someone can be worshipping, but their heart is disconnected. But then there is what is called the fraud mouth. And it's in the Bible. From the King James, let's look at... <laughs> you guys are giving me a look. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy. And the evil way. And the fraud mouth do I hate. It's in the Bible, guys. It's in the Bible. Let's have Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. You've read this verse, right? But have you ever gone to verse 24? Let's read. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How many of you have read this verse? Look at the very next verse. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. A forward mouth is a disobedient mouth. It's an opposition mouth. Have you ever seen the way opposition parties sometimes work in a democracy where because there's a difference between politicking and governance and sometimes in politicking have you noticed that opposition will literally oppose anything that is said by the government so if the government says A opposition thinks it should be B if government changes its mind from A to B opposition says why didn't we do A in the first place, A was better that's how a fraud mouth works, except it works like that towards God. I'll give you examples. Now, it's disobedient and in opposition to God. So now, Brother Mwase comes to me and let's say truly God has revealed to him that his greatness is in... You're opening a pharmacy, right? Has it opened yet? That license is still... That license will come. Okay, so let's say God has revealed to him that his greatness is in opening a pharmacy. 
which will open in Jesus' name. That license comes now in Jesus' name. So now, his greatness is in opening a pharmacy. And I come and I give him every reason why a pharmacy can't work. Every reason why a pharmacy can't work. Then what am I being? Fraud mouth. And the Bible says, put it far from you. There are some people you don't call when you've got plans. Every reason why a pharmacy can't work. Then what am I being? Fraud mouth. And the Bible says, put it far from you. There are some people you don't call when you've got plans. As in, they'll find every reason why it can't work. I'm not talking about people who are objective and give you sensible stuff. But let me also just tell you something. No matter how objective you are, if you're dealing with a spiritual person, the Bible says a spiritual man judges all things. When you're dealing with a spiritual person, pray a bit before you advise them out of something. Because the way God calls spiritual people is differently. This one is called a fraud mouth. Someone has been, is, is about to get married, right? And what do you do? You start telling them every negative story about marriage. Every negative story. Every negative statistic. Everything negative that you can think of is what you're saying. And what is your mouth being? Fraud mouth. Someone has just joined the ministry. And you go and want to tell them everything negative about what it's like to be part of a church. Fraud mouth. It's in opposition to God. What's the aim? So people don't go to church and they stay home. Isn't that in opposition to the scriptures? Then what is that? Fraud mouth. Imagine Jacqueline, right? God tells you. Like you are believing God for something. Then he just gives you a word. And he says from today. You are Jacqueline Wealth. Imagine that, right? Now, the bank account is not necessarily agreeing with that. And you go about, and the whole day, you find every hour, once per hour, you've mentioned, uh, you've literally, directly or indirectly, called yourself Jacqueline Brock. Directly in opposition to what God has said about you. Now, I'll teach you soon on confessing because someone may ask now, does it mean you lie or anything? No, no. You speak a higher truth. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Guys, listen. Ask the people who know me. I've been speaking a certain way for some time. That's why if I hear anything that doesn't sound like it, I immediately disagree with it. There are some things I don't entertain in my spirit. I can't entertain. There are certain thoughts I can't entertain. They said, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's not possible. Let me give you an example. Anything that sounds like failure, I don't entertain it. I don't entertain it. I'm telling you, I'll never listen to anyone who says stuff like, uh, who, who tries to make failure look normal. I don't, I don't. I, 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 no, it's not. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's not about how many times you fail. no. God gave me a word when I was in third year. I was in my room. We're about to have our first ever WEM fellowship at Unza. I don't speak much Bemba. Then I never used to. Now, of course, I'm an expert. Now, I never used to speak much Bemba. But I remember I was in my room. I was lifting my hands. And then I was concerned because I was thinking, listen, the big meetings that used to happen at Unza were not run by students. It was them calling other people. And Unza Fellowships by then, I don't know how they are now, but by then, it was wild. You'll be 25 when the pastor is visiting. No, I'm not. <laughs> there were just like two which were big. And then God told me to go start. And we're about to start, and I'm in my room, and I lift my hands. And then God came and said, I am to you. And these were the exact words he used. He said, many people... Like you have to try, then fail, try, then fail, then try, and then fail. And he said, that would not be the case to you. For you, when they see you, they will say, Apapene, chawomba. Those were his exact words to me. And then he told me, I am the God who makes it work at first attempt. <laughs> That's what he told me. So for me, anything that looks like what must come up must go down. No, I'm not coming down. It's not possible. No, no, a thousand times. No, it's not possible. 
It's not possible. Have I ever had challenges? Yes. What do I do in those challenges? I remember these words. And I use them to fight. I start doing like, remember those action movies for Rambo? Where like the guy is being beaten and then he'll start remembering. Then they'll make a medley like, where the strength will come from. I don't know if they're hearing me. No. Okay, let's continue. So for me, anything that sounds like failure or anything that sounds like, like for example, if I ever hear anyone teaching and they say, oh, there are some demons which are like, for these demons, they live other no, that's not my sermon. Because I know what God told me and how to deal with devils. And do you know what he told me? I found it in the scripture. This is why I didn't even hear a voice. I just found somewhere where it was written. And guess what I found? That Jesus is seated in the heavenly places. Above all principalities. Now, as if that's not enough, I found somewhere that I'm also seated in heavenly places. And then I also found somewhere else that as he is in heaven, so am I here on earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I made that my meditation. So there are some things I don't permit. I can't. I can't. It's not possible. Okay, let's continue. It's not possible. No. Okay. James 3. <laughs> some of you may, wonder, may be wondering what I'm doing. And you know, the interesting thing is that what I'm doing right now is warfare. Now, what I want to just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, with regards your mouth, as we are going now into the mouth of the Lord, choose what your mouth is for. James 3 verse 9. Make a covenant. Remember how Job made a covenant with his eyes. Make a covenant with your mouth. The world already has so many things against you. Don't get into an agreement with it. Semester gets rough. We are doomed. And then you get shocked when doom happens. James 3 verse 9. Talking about our mouth, it says, With it we bless God our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in similitude to God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So you can't have the same mouth confessing one thing and the same mouth confessing another thing at the same time. Like pick something. The same mouth is confessing I've got the fullness of God and the same mouth is confessing I am empty. Like even in heaven, they're like, pick one. I'll give you wisdom on how to handle these matters. Some of you need to start repairing your system through your confessions. You start repairing your emotional system. You start repairing your mental system. You start repairing your health system through how you're talking. Start repairing your bank accounts through your, your speaking. He says, I will give you a mouth. When God gives you a mouth, what is he giving you? The ability to create. Let's, you know what, let's continue. So Zacharias, in Luke 1, 18 to 20, do you remember when the angel appeared to Zacharias and he seemed to show opposition to what God was saying? The angel actually muted his mouth because his mouth was bringing problems. So sometimes keep quiet. Now let's now look at the mouth of the Lord. In Isaiah 6 verse 5, we remember Isaiah encountering the glory of God and he said, Woe is me for I am undone. For I am, an, for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So when Isaiah encounters the king of glory, the first thing that's revealed about him is that his lips were unclean. Verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live core, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched. What did the seraphim touch? What did the seraphim touch? And so he touched his mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity has, is taken away and your sin is purged. Where was the issue? It was with the mouth. Now, I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that God's mouth is creative. It's the same mouth that he used to say, let there be light. And God's mouth and his words, there are certain things that they do. So when God is saying, I'll give you a mouth, there are some things God's mouth can do. Let's look at a few verses. Isaiah 40 verse 5. It says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and flesh shall see it together. 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So when the mouth of the Lord has spoken, it has to happen. Now, let's look at Psalm 29, which tells us something. Now, what proceeds from the mouth of God is his voice, right? Psalm 29, verse 3. I want you to see the power that's there in God's voice. And I want us to read it together. One, two, three, read. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. So meaning, how does his voice sound like? Many waters. What happens when there are many waters? There's power. Why do you think when they want hydroelectricity, what do they bring? Waters. Not still ones. Heavy waters. Tell somebody, heavy water. Let's continue. Next verse. Let's go. The voice of the Lord. Come on, guys. Let's read together. The voice is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Let's have the next verse. Uh huh. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Now, meaning the voice of the Lord can break a strong tree. Let's have the next one. He makes them also skip like a calf. Imagine a tree. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. Next verse. The voice, come on, let's read together. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. Next one. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Uh-huh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Hold on there. What that means is this. What that means is this. How many of you are like me? Like you like watching videos of animals giving birth? I was watching a deer giving birth just on Sunday last week. Gave birth to triplets. I named one Tom. <laughs> but now I want you to see something. If you've had any experience with childbirth, maybe waking in the ward or maybe seeing somebody and the like, you realize that sometimes it needs help. It may need the help of drugs. It may need the help of encouragement. It may need, it needs help. It needs strength. But I want you to notice that the animals don't have the privileges we have. The animals don't have antenato. The animals don't have nurses around them. What gives the deer that push to birth? According to the scriptures. So here is the deer. It's positioned for labor. But there is something about the voice of the Lord that that animal will hear. That will cause it to just push out all three. Tom, uh, Brandy. What can we name the third one? Jerry. <laughs> okay, no, no. Um, what's the name of the red-nosed red deer? Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. <laughs> so, the voice comes. Whoa! I don't know what the voice says. Maybe like, birth! Or maybe... It's even the same voice that spoke a long time ago. Be fruitful and multiply. Still echoing through the ages. That's why I was thinking, as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath. So that same voice that spoke all those years ago still comes and says, multiply! And boom! It gives birth. Meaning the voice of the Lord births things. And then he says, I'll give you a mouth. So what must you do with your mouth? birth things. So what is your mouth? It's a midwife. <laughs> it says the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare and in his temple everyone shouts Glory! So the voice of the Lord thunders. I had an experience with the voice of God on December 13th as you give me Isaiah 59 verse 21. I had an experience with the voice of God on December 13th, 2011. I was 16 years old and I had experienced my first dose of what it's like to be talked about for doing the work of God. And I didn't like it. 
So I had struggled to pray for about two or three days because I used to be a bit emotional back then. <laughs> Slightly. So I had struggled to pray for about two or three days. And on the third day, somebody say the third day. 13th. As you give me Isaiah 59 verse 21. I had an experience with the voice of God on December 13th, 2011. I was 16 years old. And I had experienced my first dose of what it's like to be talked about for doing the work of God. And I didn't like it. So I had struggled to pray for about two or three days because I used to be a bit emotional back then. Slightly. So I had struggled to pray for about two or three days. And on the third day, somebody say the third day. I said, God, I'm struggling to pray. And then the interesting thing is that, I don't know if you've observed, but worry has got a way of calling its friends. Where it's really just one thing that's affecting you. Someone stepped on your shoe. And then you remember that in 2009, there was that, there was that. So suddenly my mind went, I don't know how one thing led to another. And before I know it, I was even thinking, will I even go to school? Will I even get a degree? I don't know where all those thoughts came from. Will I ever own this? Will I ever? I don't My mind just went places. And then it was 04. I remember it well. I was asleep. Then I woke up. And when I woke up, and I was not alone in the room. There were like some kids who had come for a holiday. So like six in the room or something. I woke up. And I'm lying down. And... I began to see glory coming down in my room. And it was colorless, but I could see it. So it's probably a color that didn't exist or that I didn't have um, a mental concept for. And I felt like my body just shut down and was asleep, but I could see. And the glory rested somewhere. Didn't reach the floor. Reached somewhere like there. And he didn't need to introduce himself. I knew I was in the presence of greatness. And I still remember the very first words he used. The very first things I heard him say. And his voice, I didn't hear that, you know, there's a still small voice. No, Lord, I just want, I, that's not the one I heard. The one I heard went, why should you worry? Those were his first words to me. Why should you worry? And then you know how I felt? Like the worry just decided you're on your own, bro. <laughs> and then the worry decided to run away. And all of a sudden, I had no reason to be worried. And now I'm like trying to explain myself. <laughs> That's how it sounded. Like, why should you worry? And then, let me tell you how that voice sounded. It sounded like thunder, like lightning. I was like, supposed to be scared, but then, like safety. I forgot the devil existed. I couldn't even think that there's such a thing called the devil. Which is why I don't like it when we put him in our praise songs. It's time to praise the Lord, everybody. Let's all praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise him and praise him. And like in heaven, they're waiting for Isis. Hey, is that Satan? Like, and then, like, and the angels are like, and then the angels are like, what are you doing, man? Okay, just say it's time to sing wise things and say wise things. Don't say it's time to praise. That's not praise. That's talking about what not to do. It, it's not a song that will be sung when we go to heaven. Moses' song from Exodus 14, they still sing it today. So it's not one that will be sung in heaven. I'm not saying it's a bad song. Just don't say we're praising. It's almost the same. Okay, it's okay. So let's continue. Praise God. Yeah, I was saying the guys in Tasama that one of the things that I really want us to grow in is the area of praise and worship. Well, when we're praising, we're praising. Now, there is an aspect of celebration, which is fine. But then, celebration should not outdo praise. So I'll give you an example. We've started praise, right? So we've started. 
Demi totela, demi totela. And what are we doing there? We're praising. And you find we do that for like 10 seconds. And then immediately after like 10 seconds, you find that's like eight minutes. And then now, you find that's eight minutes. Ten seconds we were totaling. Eight minutes we are touching the back of our head. What if we've run out of what to say? Come up with nice ones. Come up with them. That just prays. <laughs> Praise God. That's one end. Then on another end, there's where we replace worship songs with emotional songs only. Now, is it okay to sing emotional songs? Yes, it is. But just because the song is slow doesn't mean you're worshiping God. I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> You find the whole time the song is, oh, my problems. My problems. Even though I have many problems, I know you're still God. Like, <laughs> four minutes, 50 seconds of the song is about my problems. Now, some of the songs are okay. They're meditational. Maybe they're devotional. But just don't go them worship. So if I the whole song, my problems. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or thinking that when we say, oh, then it means we've worshipped. <laughs> Somebody give me an oh. oh. Give me another oh, oh. Now go oh, 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 oh. Say it oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I will come out, guys, Lelo Chalila, the way we praise our God. But you find all we did was say, uh oh. And there's a scripture I found which I loved, which says, pray. We should write a song like that, eh? Uh oh, 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 oh. We just need to find words. <laughs> can write that one. Say that again. We'll be like doing it. Come on, let's wait, somebody. And then we'll like put like some words, something like, something like that. You're the one who reigns on high, and you're the one who's lifted up the Yeah, that's a good addition. Let's go. Like, you're the one who reigns on high. You're lifted up, lifted up. You're the one who reigns on high forever. Oh, oh, oh.
that's that's the problem when you've declared that you're a personal jukebox who sings in melodies okay so there's a place where your praise must come out of understanding and there are times where you have to give God the gift of actual words it says that we offer unto him the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips Isaiah 59. <laughs> Verse 21. Now, there was something I wanted to tell you about that story. When I heard the voice, do you know how the voice sounded like? That voice sounded like it could tell the house to walk and the house would grow legs. It sounded like if it told the car to be a house, the car would become a house. So now, have you observed how I, like let's say when I'm about to pray for someone, sometimes it looks like I want everything quiet and I'm concentrated. You know what I'm focusing on? In my mind, when I am saying in the name of Jesus, it's in the, it sounds just like my daddy. It sounds just like when he speaks. Got a voice that makes breath happen. That's how it sounds. Now, you may not have had that encounter like me, but you've heard it. So it's also your encounter. A voice that can't be drowned by anything. Isaiah 59 verse 21. If I used to make memes, you know what I would do? I would put a meme that says nobody and then I would put like a head and then in the head it would be written. <laughs> Isaiah 59 verse 21. Now what makes it the mouth of God when you speak is when you speak the word of God. Isaiah 59 verse 21 says, and I want you to hear your word here, and I want you to receive. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants. Nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So he's saying, I'm not just giving you the spirit. There are words I'm putting in your mouth, and these words which I'm putting on your mouth shall not depart from you. And then you transfer these same words to your descendants, so the descendants will also speak with the same mouth, who also transfer. What is that talking about? Generational blessings. And how are generational blessings evoked through words? You know what you do? You go back home and say, in our family, everything we touch is just success. I ask why? Because we've got the blessing of Abraham. And then imagine you train up someone to think and talk like that. There's a story that is told. You go, Michael. During the French Revolution, uh, when they, they managed to overthrow the king, they decided to kill his descendants, but then there was a child. So they decided to kill the child as well. He was like nine or ten. And then one of them came up with a suggestion to say, if we were to kill him right now, because he's innocent and he's young, he will go to heaven. But we want him to go to hell. So why don't we make him curse God? Or something like that. Why don't we make him curse and say profane things so that we can kill him and he goes to hell? So what they did is that they got that child... And they took that child to a witch in the community to teach that child how to curse. And every time the witch tried to get that child to talk a certain way, the child would say, a king doesn't say this. 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 And then even in the days of monarchs, kings, and the like, what they would do is that not all children were raised the same. They knew who was the crown prince. Some of you watch Korean drama. They knew who was the crown prince. The crown prince was not trained like everyone else. There are certain things the crown prince couldn't do. So if I, the crown prince would be trained how to talk, when to talk, he would be trained the king doesn't kneel before anyone. That's the way he was trained. Now imagine we train our descendants to talk like this. Like us were just blessed. And then these words are imparted from generation to generation. 
His spirit never leaves you and his words don't depart from your mouth. When God wanted Joshua to be successful, what did he tell him? Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Not from the word, not from the Bible, but from your mouth. So meaning just because it's present in the Bible doesn't mean it will be present in your life. What will make it present in your life is if, if it's present in your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. When David and Goliath fought, have you noticed that their first battle was not a battle of swords? It was a battle of words. Goliath said, who is this dog? And he said, I'll feed you to the carcasses. And then he said, you come to me in javelin, with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he said, today I'll chop off your head and feed you to the dogs. It was a battle of the mouth first. That semester in school is first the battle of the mouth. That situation at work is first the battle of the mouth. That situation with your business is first a battle of the mouth. And the, the, the hurtful part is sometimes the worldly people who are spiritual know how to use the mouth more. Why do you think they don't just throw things, they, they say words? Because they know it's a battle of the mouth. And what does the Bible tell us? That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you shall refute. So meaning it's mouth and refute those words. So it's a battle of the mouth. Let me give you my final scripture for today. I want to give us Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. This portion of scripture changed my life and it will change yours. So if God can give you his hand and you heal the sick, when I lay hands on someone, I'm not seeing it as the hand of friend. It's the hand of Christ. Right? That's why the hands won't touch what they're not supposed to touch. Because these are hands of Christ. So now, if I lay hands, why is the person getting healed? Is it my hands? No, these are hands of Christ. Because the Bible says we're now members of Christ. That was being taught when people were fornicating. We're being taught, are you, like you're embarrassing Christ. You're taking Christ and doing this. So these are hands of Christ. So when he says, I'll give you a mouth, then what does your mouth become? Mouth of God. What does God use his mouth for? Creating. It says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word. How did God create? He spoke. It says I'll give you a mouth. Now here's a verse I really want us to read. If there's ever been a part where I want you to pay attention is this one. One, two, three, go. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wait there. Don't you think that just that in itself is enough to be a very powerful portion of scripture? Imagine you're being told, be content. Why should you be content? Because he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Just that in itself is encouragement enough, right? But let's look at the next verse. Now, I want you to remember verses were put really by people who are canonizing the scriptures. So, try to imagine there is no separation between the two verses. And let's just read it together. One, two, three, go. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me. He didn't say it so that you just sit and enjoy it. No, he says so that you say, hey. No, let's read it again. It says, for he himself has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say. So he says so that we may say. Interestingly, he's not even saying so that we may like say what he said. It's not even a matter of uh, part in the words, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No, we are speaking in response to what he has said. So because he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, you therefore say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. 
what can man do to me? Meaning you grab a revelation of what he has said. And out of what he has said, it mixes in your heart with your faith. And then out of the abundance of your heart, you also then speak. And you speak out in response to what he says. God says so that we may say. The question is, what are you hearing God saying? And in response, what are you saying? So, when I heard him say he's the God of the first attempt, because all my life I'd heard he's the God of three, five, sixteen chances, and that's okay. But when I heard him telling me he's the God of the first attempt, I also changed what I was saying. I then began to boldly, not quietly, I began to boldly say that anything I do works. It works. I began to say, when I heard him say he owns all silver and gold and that I'm his child, I say that all things are mine. All things are mine. When I heard him say that everything was framed by his word, and I began to say everything has ears and it listens to me because it can listen to the voice of God. When I heard him say, I also said, what are you hearing him say? And what are you saying? Let's read that one more time. Let it sink in. For he himself has said, The Lord, hey, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? For he himself has said, Rest. So that I may boldly say that I have rest on all sides. I have rest on all sides. I have rest on all sides. Even in a lion's den, I have rest. They become my pillows. I have rest on all sides. Even if I walk through fire, I have rest. I don't come out burnt because I have rest on all sides. If I pass through waters, they don't sweep over me because I have rest on all sides. For the Lord has said, he will never leave me nor forsake me, that I may say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord has said that his grace is abundant for me to be self-sufficient and to give to every deed. Therefore, I say, I'll never be a beggar. No, I am a lender. Therefore, I say that in the name of Jesus, I will always have for what I need. And in the name of Jesus, I don't just have for what I need. I live in the overflow. I am able to give to others. I am able to give to the work of God in the name of Jesus. For he has said that I shall make you the head and not the tail. Therefore, I say I can never fail an exam. I don't write exams to clear. <laughs> I write to give marking keys. For he has said, no evil shall befall thee, and no harm shall come near thy dwelling. Therefore I say that my home is not a place of sickness. The sicknesses don't reach there. The, the, the plagues don't reach there. For he has said, for he has said, that there is no divination. There is no witchcraft against the house of Jacob. Therefore I say that my home is a no-fly zone. And everywhere I go it becomes a no-fly zone. I'm not a victim of witchcraft. I'm not a victim of circumstance. They are victims of me in the name of Jesus. I'm not a victim of curses. The curses are victims of the blessing on my life. For he has said... He has said, children not born of flesh and blood, but born of God. Therefore, I say that I'm born of God. I'm born of the incorruptible seed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For he has said, rest on all sides. Rest on all sides. Therefore, I say I, have pro I make progress. I make tremendous progress. For he has said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. Therefore, I say that I walk in wholeness. I walk in wholeness. For he has said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. 
Therefore, I say that my mind is sound. My mind is sound. I, my mind doesn't drift like the wind. My mind is not drifted by, by what's happening in society. My mind doesn't drift. No. I refuse that. My mind doesn't drift. For he has said that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Therefore, I say that I am joyful. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be suicidal. For the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. Therefore, I say I'm zealous for life. I'm zealous for life. I'm dominating all mountains of influence in the name of Jesus. For he has said, so that I may say. That's what makes our declarations not to be parroting. We are not saying things just for the sake of it. We are saying them boldly in response to what he has said. I bless your people. And in this context now, I bless them financially. That financial doors are opened. They are open through employment. They are open through the augmentation of profits in their businesses. They are open through different streams of income. They are open through inheritance. They are open through gifts. In all ways, they are open through supernatural money. Money comes where it wasn't. I declare that they are graced with supply. They are graced with supply. Where the mini meal they buy doesn't run out. It multiplies. Where they buy one loaf of bread. And it feeds as though they bought five. In the name of Jesus. Their clothes are always looking new. And you bless them. In Jesus name. You are blessed. Your homes are blessed. Amen. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.